0: Hello listeners, Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast.
0: Hello listeners. This episode is going to take us from one side of Canada to the other, in a story easily among the darkest we've shared on the show. A life that begins in small-town Nova Scotia will end up pointlessly and horrifically snuffed out in the early morning hours near a remote lake in Saskatchewan. Prescription drugs, methamphetamine, alcohol and animal abuse, betrayal, and unimaginable violence all play a role in this story. So let's get into it. Tonight, Madeline Klein and I will do our best to understand the murder of Logan Ring. Ms. Madeline Klein, I notice it says carrot behind you. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. That's how big my baby is. But the app I'm using is weird cuz like carrots vary in size. <laughs> Yeah. And also, when my baby was supposedly as big as a banana, because it gives you like a bunch of categories. There's like a Disney category, and a '90s, '80s, and '90s nostalgia category. But like your baby's uh, as
0: big as a Game Boy, like that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but so the same week, it was the size of a banana in the sports category. It was the size of a basketball. I was like, like in in length, because. <laughs> It's, yeah, like that's that's different.
0: Well, that's probably like an AI programmed app, and it's just stupid. So probably because like, everything, like all apps and everything, nothing's done by people anymore. Everything is just this automatically generated nonsense, and that's why nothing works and everything takes long now.
1: I guess, yeah. So for '80s and '90s nostalgia this week, my baby is as big as a Furby.
0: Oh, cool! What a creepy! Oh, what a creepy I was, thought to have I know. A Furby in there. <laughs> Oh my! I I'm never a, had
1: one because I've always thought they were weird.
0: But. Yeah, my, my sister had one, and I think you walked past it and it would even make a little noise and stuff. And like, that creature, that They're haunted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than growing a Furby inside you, or a carrot, or basketball, however you want to put this together, uh, what's new with you? What else is going on?
1: Oh, I was just panicking because I don't have anything this week, oh. uh, and like I haven't, we haven't done this in two weeks. There has to be something. Uh,
0: you need to do like maybe just the day we're going to record, just go somewhere, some part of town you've never been before, and just maybe just go up to some people and be like,
1: uh, I live in Regina. Absolutely not.
0: No <laughs> not way. <at> <laughs> oh, that's like weird. Where's Madeline? We're supposed to be recording tonight. Right. I should see, I should go on CBC and see if there's anything weird going on in Regina.
1: That is the last thing yeah. I'll be doing.
0: Woman eaten Hello. on bus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not far off. Like we shouldn't <laughs> laugh.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and also a foul joke to make at the beginning of our discussion about what may very well be one of Canada's most messed up, complicated, and just grim, awful, and dark stories. The, the story we're going to get into tonight involves the murder of Mr. Logan Ring, who is from Nova Scotia, but this happened out in your neck of the woods. I have never heard of this case or heard of Logan Ring or even saw a picture of him. And as someone who reads like about Canadian crime a lot, even if I don't know the case, usually I recognize the per- the victim's photo just from you know news reports. This is the first I've ever heard of Logan Ring's story. How did you find out about this?
1: I just found out about it like minutes before I messaged you about it last week. Because somebody messaged me on TikTok and said that their new neighbor, or not with their whatever, someone, um, is one of the perpetrators. Oh, and I I was like, oh, so I googled the name, and I was just like, not only is this my neck of the woods, I've never heard any of these names before, mm-hmm. and when I read about the murder, I was just baffled that I hadn't, like none of the details even rung a bell to me. And yeah, like it's just hours away from me was from where it happened. So, Mm
0: -hmm. but I think
1: maybe because there was a publication ban on the case until it was wrapped up.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure why that was, but it, that could very well be in a publication ban prevents media from reporting on certain aspects of a case or a case altogether. This was one where any details related to the murder were banned from being published until after verdicts were rendered and by that time. The media has largely moved on. So what you find when you read about Logan Ring is just a bunch a bunch of articles about, you know, the the trial and the trial ending, but not really about everything that leads up to it, which is what makes it fascinating. Well, I don't know about fascinating, but that's what I think get people following a case closely but this story like I can only someone writes you and they're like one of the perpetrators now moved in near me when I read if I read about this case my response to them would be like you should move tomorrow because right this story is sick and anyone involved in this I would not want to live near them no way
1: well and it is such a horrific crime I couldn't find any articles or anything even just immediately after like no Mm -hmm. news broadcasts about it or Mm -hmm. anything like that so yeah
0: about a young man found beaten to death in like a kind of a rural park type area there's nothing about that it's not until like arrests are made and trials start and his family starts speaking to the press that you see coverage so it's kind of weird how this was just hidden but in reading about it it doesn't strike me as like what you would expect a Canadian crime story to be. This very much seems like it's pulled out of the pages of uh, I don't know, like a, a Florida crime or you know that sort of thing. It just strikes me as this kind of like backwoods America, somewhere in Tennessee this crazy thing happened. That's how yes. that's how it sounds. But no, this is Saskatchewan.
1: Absolutely. It's I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary Into the Abyss. No. It's on netflix and it's one of my favorite documentaries ever but um i just and the the people involved in that crime are like you said like backwoods ish Mm -hmm. and that's exactly the vibes i got from Mm -hmm. from this i was like yeah how is this not from like arkansas or something
0: yeah it's like it's reading the story of a murder from a subculture or a, a a piece of society that most people would never interact with in any way but in this case you get a glimpse of the relationships within this kind of part of society and you see how vicious and brutal and senseless and pointless it is and how one night of I guess just like anger and grudge turns into just a, a literal moment of hell on earth but before we get to that Let's back up to the very beginning. Logan Ring, at the time that he was murdered, only 21 years old, had a young son at the, at the time. Uh, he was born in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, which is a very remote area of Nova Scotia. A lot of people, they don't go that way because it's it's like the very tip of Nova Scotia. It's way out of the way. It's kind of like you drive past the middle of nowhere and then you find a town that's Yarmouth. There, is that
1: so, where Zach Lefebvre went missing from?
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes. Okay, I knew, I knew there was a big case from around there.
0: Yeah, and there, there are quite, there are a lot of social problems in Yarmouth, no question. Oh, okay, um, but it seemed like Logan Ring, he, he, his trouble in a way started in Yarmouth, and his, his mom spoke to the media about his childhood, and she makes no secret about it is that from a pretty much as soon as he became a teenager, he began a life of drugs, drug abuse, it seems from a, a very early age, I was surprised that one of the first articles I read about Logan ring was a CBC interview with his mother where right off the bat, she's talking about his struggles with like methamphetamine and hard drugs that started, you know, from his early teen years. And that's, that's a rough start.
1: Yeah. There and well, you said there's a lot of social problems in Yarmouth, and I mean we'll get to it, but it sounds like he moved from a place with social problems to another place where social problems are very common. Mm, so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um but he wasn't in this is everyone has uh, different sides of them but one side of it you hear about Logan ring you hear of him having trouble with methamphetamine and hard drugs from a very early age but you also hear people saying the most caring kind generous guy if he had fifteen dollars in his pocket and he saw a homeless person he would give that15 dollars to the homeless person so he kind of he strikes me as just this kind of almost like helpless with his own addiction but a nice guy at the heart of it like a big heart but also maybe a little bit of a weak will to stop himself
1: just remember yeah drug use and and addiction doesn't automatically equate to being a bad person or a violent person or an evil person
0: Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to separate that because you think you think that it's like this criminal who gets into drugs but it's not when you're talking about like a 13 14 year old getting into hard drugs No, that's, that's just being in the wrong place and around the wrong people. And it's, it's more like social factors. I think that lead to that situation, but his problems seem to start in Yarmouth. He leaves Yarmouth for Prince Albert in Saskatchewan in his late teens. I don't know anything about Prince Albert, but based on what you just said about leaving one socially uh, troubled place to another, I have a feeling you have something to say about Prince Albert.
1: Yeah. There's Prince Albert. You put it perfectly. There's a lot of social issues. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, and I don't, I don't have the answer, but the uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah.
0: It's the kind yeah. of place, like if, if you, if you were um, you don't, I guess in Prince Albert, you don't need to look for trouble to find it it seems
1: that's right
0: logan ring goes there as someone who's been struggling a bit he ends up very quickly finding his way into sort of like a street gang lifestyle that involves methamphetamine cocaine taking and selling pills and this seems to happen from the time he arrives until the time he leaves which is in his which he's now in his 20s he leaves prince albert to a place to go to a place called Swift Current. I be, uh, based on everything I read, that seems like a pretty kind of small area. Do you know this place?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, Speedy Creek. We call it Speedy.
0: Well, why? Why is that?
1: Swift Current, Speedy Creek. You no.
0: Know? Oh, that's like giant. <laughs> do you know what Giant Tiger is? Oh yeah. Okay, we call it Huge Pussy. Oh
1: no. I've never <laughs> <heard that>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Speedy Creek. So he goes to Swift Current. <laughs> Uh, he goes there as a way to get out of the trouble he found himself in, in Prince Albert, as well as his girlfriend, who the, the mother of his child, a son, uh, lived in Swift Current. So it seemed like he was making steps to to get away from the trouble he was in. I can only imagine having a child would do that.
1: I would hope so. And to my knowledge, Swift Current, it is it's a smaller city or town. But lots of people go there to work, whether it's like in the mines or doing whatever. I find people. Lots of people go to Swift Current for like jobs.
0: Okay, so so maybe it's a bit more of a positive place with more opportunity than Prince Albert, yeah. where you're, you know, he's running with street gangs. Uh, th- this idea of him of of Logan Ring trying to. Maybe change his life and get away from his troubled past. This could have been one step in it, but there are other times in this story that it seems like he's trying to get on the right path, but just keeps getting pulled back into it, it seems. Um, when He he moves to Swift Current only for a sh- short amount of time, it seems, because in 2016, the year that, that he was killed, he moves to another place, which I think is about an hour away it's called Tugask, Saskatchewan. Did I get that?
1: I've never heard of this place. Okay. I would have I would have said Tugasky, but I don't know. Okay. I yeah, I've never heard of this place.
0: Yeah, it's it's looked to me about an hour drive out of Swift Current. It's a remote rural kind of small towny place, which makes sense because I know he went there living on a farm that had a lot of animals, horses and stuff. And he moved there with some friends. But this place wasn't a good place to be living. It seemed like other people at the home or at the farm also were involved in meth and cocaine and the drugs that uh, that Logan had a hard time getting away from. He, he was there primarily with two friends. And they are important people in the story. They're at the center of it to the very end. Tanisha Perot who is 19 years old and Rebecca Coleman, who's 25 years old. Logan, Tanisha, and Rebecca living together on this farm does not work out to put it lightly. The understatement of the century is that this doesn't work out.
1: Yeah, and short-lived. Things escalate quite quickly here.
0: As far as the relationship, I've heard them just referred to as friends, Logan, Tanisha and Rebecca it seems like Tanisha and Logan had a bit more going on though not not romantically or anything but they were involved in the illegal drug trade together they were selling drugs Uh, but that ends up falling apart as a result at least what's been reported is that Logan was revealing more information about Tanisha's personal life than she was comfortable with. Specifically, he, he had, he's alleged to have told people that she was selling sex online and I'm using air quotes because we don't know what that means. Selling sex online could be a whole lot of things, but it's, it's, it's said that this is kind of the moment that their relationship, friendship, whatever starts to break down selling sex online. What does that mean to you?
1: Well, in this day and age, my first thought is like OnlyFans, mm-hmm. but this was in 2016, and I'm sure mm-hmm. OnlyFans was around then. But yeah, like it, it could mean anything. Um, OnlyFans, Craigslist, yeah, that be. life selling beat picks. Who knows?
0: Uh, yeah, it could be a lot of things. Um, but these people are kind of the they're sort of existing on the underbelly of society, so it could mean a whole lot of things. I'm kind of thinking like Craigslist sort of escorting, but who knows yeah. where, where this is or what what's actually going on. But regardless, um, when Logan is said to have told people that that was happening, uh, that friendship ends ending in Tanisha kicking Logan out of the firm or off of the firm. When he leaves... Him and Rebecca, the other young woman, the 25-year-old woman who is living at the farm, the two of them get their own their own apartment, now back in Swift Current, so back in the, the prior town that we had mentioned. So now we have Logan getting kicked out of the farm with Tanisha. Rebecca and Logan leave to Swift Current, get their own apartment. And now there seems to be maybe a bit of a grudge happening where Logan and Rebecca have this kind of... Um, campaign against Tanisha specifically now re- involving allegations that she was abusing animals on the farm and there seems to be some credibility to this because she actually her and her and a boyfriend were arrested and charged with uh, the mistreatment of animals do you know the shape the form that these allegations took or what this is all about
1: all i know is they were accused of neglecting and abusing animals on the farm and it must have gotten to the right person or or authorities because it was investigated Mm. and they were subsequently charged Mm. tanisha and her then boyfriend yeah and they they removed quite a few animals from the farm including like two dead reptiles and a dead dog oh and that just tells me that there is an array of different animals like you said horses and yeah dogs reptiles mm.
0: um, one one of the things I found and it's, it's hard to tell who this is coming from because the story that has come out is that Logan and Rebecca were making these allegations kind of all over the place on Facebook groups related to animal care there were messages made on his own personal profile Logan had made a post that said I'm the reason she's being charged for animal cruelty and neglect and had her animals seized. So he's not hiding the fact that he's behind it. I also found one of those petitions, a change.org petition. That was all about Tanisha's mistreatment of animals. It had included a photo of a horse that looked like it wasn't being cared for, you know, and it was kind of a petition uh, that started in October. It was started, I believe a month before he was killed. Or no. Yeah, it was started one month before he was killed. So I'm not saying if Logan or Rebecca made that petition, because it wasn't in their name, it was in some other name, but maybe they were involved in that. Who knows? But Logan did take credit publicly for her arrest and charges and for the animals being confiscated. So I I would say it's getting ugly at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely. But the fact that they were so public in like taking responsibility for outing Tanisha and the petition is under a different name leads me to believe that this was public or common knowledge Mm -hmm. among us like the town, a certain group, whatever. Yeah. And they don't just charge someone for no reason. Mm. So,
0: so we have it set now where we have Tanisha still on the farm, having trouble with animals. We have Logan and Rebecca in swift current living together, making the allegations. The next thing that happens in Logan's life is a breakdown of his relationship with Rebecca. And this one seems to really make things ugly. Their friendship breaks down and their living arrangement breaks down. It is said because Logan was doing drugs in the house, which was something that she was against. Rebecca did not want him doing it in the house. Apparently she caught him doing drugs in the house or apartment or whatever and wanted him out. He didn't want to leave. So it is said. And of course we're getting this from her, her point of view, because he's not here to tell his story, but she wanted him out of the apartment. He wouldn't go. And that's, I think really what gets the wheels rolling. What does she, what does she do to get him out of there?
1: She calls on the help of a friend, uh, a man by the name of Todd Donaldson, Mm -hmm. who's quite a bit older.
0: He's 50. So yeah
1: right so whatever she she gets his help and this middle-aged gentleman threatens logan with a metal bar to get him out of the house
0: Mm -hmm. and in the process of that logan uh he leaves but not before making threats to return and firebomb either her house or Todd's house and firebomb basically is like a fancy way of saying, I'm going to set it on fire.
1: Okay, so it's, cause I was going to ask what that means because okay. all I'm picturing is like a big flamethrower. It's like, that can't be right. No,
0: um, a fight, like if to say, I'm going to firebomb someone's house, you're kind of implying, I'm going to fill like a beer bottle with gas, put a piece of toilet paper okay. on it and it light it on fire and throw it through a window.
1: Okay. Yeah. That like something
0: along those lines. So it's, it's it's a threat. To, if, if you say to someone, I'm going to firebomb your house, you're pretty much saying like at some night soon, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and your house is going to be on fire and, and a window is going to be broke. <laughs> you know, so, something that that's a serious, scary threat, but in this context, you got Todd Donaldson, the 50 year old somewhere between a f- friend of Rebecca and maybe family friend because parents are going to start getting involved in this threatening logan with a metal bar to get out of the house he's leaving saying i'm going to firebomb your house um that's uh the temperature is is raising and it's only gonna raise higher uh, raise even higher when um tanisha the ex-roommate with the animals somehow she gets involved because Again, Rebecca seemed to be involved in the allegations against Tanisha abusing animals, but now that Logan's kicked out, Tanisha, Rebecca, and Tanisha's parents are now involved with a battle against Logan. And by battle, I mean this sort of like texting threats back and forth and whatnot. But it's it, it's kind of hard to follow because we don't know a lot about what's being said, but what what I know is that... After he left with these threats of firebombing, they're just blowing up each other's phones nonstop. Everyone texting with Logan, and then separately, everyone texting each other about the threats being made towards and against Logan.
1: Well, and I'm wondering if that was the the reason for the rekindling, if you will, between Tanisha and Rebecca.
0: Hmm. Because yeah,
1: they were not friends. Yeah. So and it could then be now all of a sudden they're working together.
0: Yeah. Like you're right. He is nuts. He just threatened to firebomb Maybe. me. Maybe. Um, yeah. But, but then
1: like, yeah, sorry for ac- accusing you and getting you charged with animal cruelty. Yeah. Uh, I, th- whatever.
0: Whatever it is, this, the next stage of the story could easily be called the setup or the, plot against Logan so on the 15th of November in the 16th of November which 16th is the day Logan is killed those days was there were non-stop activity on cell phones again between Logan Tanisha and Rebecca I almost think of it as one thread of text between them three and then separately between Tanisha and Rebecca Tanisha's parents Colin and Jolene and again Todd Donaldson, the man involved in, in getting Logan out of Rebecca's apartment. So they're all talking separately about, we got to stop Logan. We got to scare him. We got to threaten him. We got to do something to get him off of our case. I would love to see what those texts say, both sides of it. I'd like to see what they were saying with Logan and what they were saying with each other. We don't know that, but we do know that that they came up with a plan to bring him somewhere isolated. Do you you know what the plan was or what they were like? How did this happen?
1: All I know is the plan was to isolate him and, quote, rough him up. But if you're planning on roughing someone up, like I wouldn't arm myself with a metal bar first. Mm -hmm. Like roughing someone up to me is like fighting them physically mm-hmm. punches mm-hmm. but yeah uh so they they decide to get him alone and rough him up whatever that mm-hmm. means to them
0: yeah the the area they bring him is called they lure him somehow we don't know what exactly they did and again a lot of this was behind a publication ban uh until the conviction so a lot of these details weren't reported on but what was said is they lured him to an area near Lake Diefenbunker or Deepen Baker. Deepen Baker. Deepen Bunker's a place in Nova Scotia near Raleigh. Oh really? Deepen Baker. Is a lake? You've heard of this before?
1: Oh yeah, I've okay. been in Lake Deepen Baker before. It's a massive lake though, so Okay. Well, stretches quite quite far.
0: Well, something awful happened there on November 16th and it involved Logan Ring being set up and roughed up. It it seems like they the, they being the the five that were luring him here with the plan to rough him up and scare him, uh, Tanisha, I, I have a feeling she suspected this wasn't gonna go. This wasn't gonna go right because she even says to her dad, "Rough him up and scare him, but make, but don't take this too far." Like I wonder if she knows her dad is a nut. Her dad is named. But she's you. Yeah, so she is said to have warned her dad, "Don't go too far with this." Uh, and I think maybe me mentioning that now is a bit for, a bit of foreshadowing that yes, he will go way 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 too far with this. So so the way this happens, uh, three a.m. or three thirty a.m. on November sixteenth, Logan shows up first in his uh, driving a Ford Explorer. He's standing outside his Ford Explorer, waiting for the rest of them to come, and he's holding a broken pool cue. So, does he know he's in trouble? Like I hear, I've heard of it as lured, but if someone lures me there, it's more like let's meet up and you know whatever. Not like let's meet up and you, you need a broken pool cue to protect yourself.
1: Well, see, and that's that's why we need to know what these text messages said, because mm-hmm. clearly he knew there was gonna be some sort of confrontation, mm-hmm. physical, verbal, whatever. So he came prepared, if you will. Um why like I would not why he went at all is just baffling to mm-hmm.
0: me. But you just... But maybe
1: he did maybe he didn't know that Tanisha's parents were gonna be there.
0: Yeah. This well... this
1: part also just like blows my mind because mm. like that my parents getting involved in any part of my life when i was 19 would have been my worst nightmare yeah but absolutely. whatever uh,
0: <laughs> but you do see people and again just this story takes place among kind of a a piece of society that we don't often interact with. But I do see people online, like thre- you know, saying Facebook comments or YouTube comments, threatening each other to fights and stuff like, you know, you, you got, you're so bad. Meet me anytime. I have a feeling it could have been like that kind of thing. And they took him up on it or he took them up on it. But regardless, he's outside his vehicle at three 30 in the morning in the middle of nowhere with a broken pool cue as the two vehicles pull up carrying Rebecca, Tanisha, Tanisha's parents, and Todd Donaldson, the uh, the guy who's already threatened him with a metal pipe. And when they pull up, they don't just park in the parking lot, they pull up and, like bl- on each side of him to block his vehicle in there. So it's like, as soon as they show up, for the most part, it's on. But what happens is, the first people to approach Logan as he's standing there is Rebecca. It's the first person to approach Logan is, is Rebecca, who had just been living with him and had got and had got him kicked out with and Todd got involved in that. Rebecca approaches him to talk to him or whatever was planned, but that turns into a verbal argument, and it's alleged that Logan throws the first strike. It's said that Logan swings at her. With the, bo- the broken pool queue. Again, we don't know. The, the version of the story we know is what investigators have been able to get out of these five people. But before we go on to what happens next, just one other thing that just popped in my head. I'm forgetting that Logan had just been kicked out of Rebecca's place. This could have also been that kind of thing, like, you know, meet us to separate the damage deposit or, you know, this sort of thing. Like there would be. When you live together there's other kind of things that you kind of need to talk and meet up with meet up about after where right. it's Rebecca's the first one to approach. I wonder if a part of the setup could have been something like that.
1: I wonder. And then he came armed because he knew she was most likely with Todd who was clearly insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as evidenced by when when Todd when they when they show up Todd Donaldson in the vehicle as well as Tanisha's dad Colin, are both armed with I've heard it described as metal pipes. I've also heard it described as tire irons, which I guess is just a specific type of metal pipe, but I guess they're they're going there armed like if, if anything's gonna happen, everyone's kind of involved or, or kind of prepared, but Logan is alone versus five people.
1: Well, and I was under the impression that Rebecca, Todd, and Colin all got out at the same time and approached him.
0: You're right. You're right. I it, think Yeah. the way I understand... Okay, you're right. I think the three of them approached with Colin, who's Tanisha's dad, and Todd are holding the metal pipes as Rebecca begins the conversation.
1: So yes.
0: So let's just say we don't know what the meetup, what the context of the meetup is, but let's just say if they're splitting up a damage deposit or something like that, there's kind of armed guards on each side of Rebecca, this Todd guy and Tanisha's yeah. dad. But that's not enough to scare Logan away. Cause he, as we, as I said, he, he is said to swing at her. I don't know if I believe that.
1: I, I don't take any of their words for it. And the only person that could potentially tell the truth is dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and even if it was an intimidation tactic, and maybe that's why he swung first, I can you blame him? There's two grown men with metal pipes behind mm-hmm. the person you're trying to talk to. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, yeah. And you now this story is going to get really dark and move fast because it's said that as soon as Logan swings at Rebecca, if that is true, that puts Tanisha's dad, Colin, who's 52 years old and Todd Donaldson into action, both armed with metal pipes or metal bars or whatever we want to call them. And they both immediately begin to double team attack Logan. He's outnumbered, overpowered, underarmed against their metal, like a you know broken pool cue does not trump two metal bars and he ends up very quickly on the ground um getting like the kind of beating that you don't um get better from i guess is one no. way no
1: it. and it's like yeah it's it's straight out of a movie
0: reservoir yes. dog specifically because yes. it it is said that during the beating Colin, who is Tanisha's dad, was singing and beating him with a metal pipe to the kind of beat of the song at, that he was singing. Something about banging a bongo drum and he was like beating him while singing this.
1: Yeah. like that's. And then while this is going on, Rebecca returns to the vehicle to retrieve a tire iron and joins them. Okay.
0: So you have three people beating you with some form of metal Device, um, you don't last long in that. And he was uh, almost immediately incapacitated, but he was still conscious. Um, at one point, and, and we should also say that Tanisha and her mom, they they stayed in the car. They didn't get out of the car for the actual th- this actual beating that took place. They're in the car watching as the other three are beating him with a tire with metal bars and tire irons. At some point though, it's they become aware of how bad it actually is. I think it was Rebecca returned to the vehicle and actually told them his eyes out. His eye just came out. Like they they were they were aware of what was happening, as were the people that were actually beating him, because it said that his eye like they they commented on his eye being dislodged which is
1: well because colin smashed logan's face into the hitch of the vehicle and it dislodged his eye
0: oh man
1: yeah and then i imagine they continued to beat him
0: wow um they continued to beat him and as i mentioned he did not lose consciousness because colin or sorry logan I think probably realizing how bad it was, he began not to beg for his life. He began to beg for them to kill him.
1: It was after I I'm sure it was Colin. He, I think he broke his neck. He like drove his knee into the back of Logan's neck Mm -hmm. and there was a large cracking noise. And then that's when Logan said like, just kill me.
0: Wow. So they, hitting his head against the the um hitch on the car which would be a big heavy thing of metal dislodges his eye tanisha's dad puts the knee on the back of his head and probably breaks his neck which then leads to the just put me out of my misery and kill me do you want to say what happens next because i don't want to say it uh
1: paulin unfortunately I don't know how much longer after it was that logan begged for him to kill him but he takes a utility knife out of his pocket and slits logan's throat twice
0: Mm -hmm. holding him by the hair which sounds like the kind of thing you would see you know you see those like um videos from the other side of the world where it's like you know decapitation and beheadings and all this stuff it sounds like a scene from that colin in front of the others grabs Logan by the hair and yeah, has a utility knife in his pocket. And, and yeah, slits his throat twice. And that is how Logan dies beaten to a bloody pulp in a remote area of Saskatchewan surrounded by five lunatics with tire irons and metal pipes and a utility knife.
1: It's yeah, it's unfathomable. Mm -hmm. It's, Yeah, that's, it sounds like a a murder that was written for a movie. Yeah.
0: And it also sounds like there's a bunch of meth and alcohol involved. Uh, I don't know about the meth, but alcohol was involved because even after the murder, they didn't take off and flee. They stuck around drinking, the five involved. They stuck around drinking and cleaning up the scene. They were doing things like collecting their cigarette butts and, you know, any evidence of them being there they picked up and cleaned up. So there, there so was, like, they, it was were a they deliberate just
1: drinking around this dead body. Cause that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah. Drinking and smoking cigarettes around the kid. They just killed.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they, at some point during this, they move him, but they don't move him far. He was, he was left and found in the same area the next day. So they probably just put him out of the way, cleaned up, drove out of there well i I know nothing about how he was found and if he was reported missing i there no details of that have come out
1: no and i'm trying to like i don't know what the scene looked like but i'm picturing just like a desolate saskatchewan field probably full of snow because it was november like there couldn't have been much around to drag him to or you put him behind or whatever Uh, they were doing you
0: know since since they were all driving I'm almost picturing this little like parking lot with like tall grass on the side of it and they just drag him over there you know just to get him out of sight but his vehicle was there and stuff so it's it was you know I'm just speculating but I think this is probably the kind of thing where the next morning some people pulled up to go to the lake or whatever and saw a vehicle and a body like off to the side or something but because he's found the next day and he's not found as a result of one of them one of the five involved uh coming clean and you know calling an anonymous tip or anything like that in fact when the investigation begins on who did this to logan ring they they go to some of the people involved who continue to take steps to cover their trail they the first person of the group they talked to was tanisha just a couple days later they interviewed tanisha police would be aware because she's already been charged with the animal cruelty stuff they probably know that there's some bad blood between logan and tanisha when they interview tanisha she gives them the name of two suspects or or two people that want to kill logan because of some kind of drug debt. like obviously making up a story The police narrow in on these two and end up taking them in and polygraphing them. It's said that they both pass, but Tanisha's initial plan is direct attention that way. The next step is Tanisha's mom, Jolene Epp. Do you know what she says?
1: She implicated either one or two others saying the same thing that they were after Logan over a drug Mm debt. And I believe, that man or those men were also cleared but that just goes to show that she also tried to cover up for all of them
0: so we were the sent
1: off yeah
0: so we have five idiots morons involved in this pointless plot to kill this guy for no good reason in this brutal violent way police uh, have a a very foggy, blurry trail to follow, especially get it, giving this wrong, this being lied to and being directed towards again, towards this kind of dark underbelly of society. They spend, um, they do about a hundred interviews. It said with people related to this murder, they, uh, they spend a little over a year investigating, but what ends up breaking the case is, that stupidity of those five people i mentioned how do they come on come to the attention of saskatchewan's finest is,
1: um, that, what you, is
0: that what you call the police force
1: no, no i've never heard that
0: okay i didn't think so i made it up
1: saskatchewan's finest i thought for a minute i thought you were referring to the five perpetrators of saskatchewan's finest no none I was of, like, no uh. no um yeah well and With the hundred interviews, we have to remember that everyone involved, like it's as if Saskatchewan isn't small enough. I'm sure all those hundred interviews, they all said the same names for sure. And so when they were finally arrested, it was said that the five perpetrators actually implicated themselves by bragging about it while they were drinking
0: it's not a surprise to me
1: no and in 2016 2017 i imagine some of some of those confessions are probably on camera snapchat whatever
0: i wonder yeah Yeah. but it's uh it, it you're what you said is this what i've come across as well is that It's alleged that, yeah, while drunk, they implicated themselves, which is they probably did it when drunk. They probably had their fights with Logan in the apartment when they were drunk. Now they confess to it either on video or whatever while drunk. Police narrow in on them. There must be more information than just this drunk confession because all five of them are taken in initially all charged with second degree murder, uh, but as our criminal justice system here in Canada often does, uh, that's not the charge that sticks. The only person who doesn't plead down is Tanisha's dad, Colin Perot. He is the one who is said to have broke his neck, also the one who slit his throat and actually likely the, the wound that actually ended Logan's life. He, he challenged it. He pled not guilty to second-degree murder. Everyone else pled down. Before we get into what happens with Tanisha's dad, Colin, do you want to kind of summarize the, the, what they all plead to?
1: Um, 20 at the, so this was at the time of being charged or mm-hmm. convicted Uh 27 year old Rebecca Coleman pleaded guilty to manslaughter mm-hmm. and received eight years in prison. Yeah. Uh 50 year old Todd Donaldson again, charged with second degree, pleaded guilty to manslaughter and also received eight years in prison. Mm-hmm. Tanisha Perot is 22 by this time. She pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact to murder and received two years in jail.
0: Yeah. And I, I think a part of the justification for that for Tanisha uh, is that she, was, she stayed in the car. It said that she didn't get out of the car. So she didn't take part in the actual killing but she did take part in the cleanup in the lying after the fact so she was clearly an accessory after the fact so i think that charge that conviction that makes sense but i think two years i don't know i i think whatever whatever the the range is for a penalty or a sentence for accessory after the fact i think her case should be on the further end of that she Absolutely. didn't give someone a ride or keep a secret
1: well and i imagine she bragged with the best of them and mm. she, correct me if i'm wrong but she's the reason they all went out there
0: it's like to. she
1: seems to be the nucleus of all of this and it was her parents that got involved and yeah well and with the two-year sentence even the eight-year sentences they probably all got time served. Yeah, and these seriously. trials took a long time. So if she saw any jail time, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Um,
0: so next, go with, let's go with Jolene, who is Tanisha's mom.
1: So, yeah, Tanisha's mom was 41 by this point. And in 2020, she pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact to murder and also received a two-year prison sentence. So the exact same as Tanisha. Um, And then it says right here, minus remand credit. Net sentence to serve one year and 251 days.
0: Okay. So basically, and I'm thinking Tanisha probably got the same kind of credit, but Jolene, like Tanisha, although she also lied to police, was involved in the cleanup, she wasn't involved in the actual physical act of murder. We're now left with Colin Perot, Tanisha's dad, the man who... I think is most culpable for the murder, although he is not the only one in my mind who committed second degree murder that night. Uh, he pled not guilty uh, probably pointlessly because the trial was pretty clear that he he did it and was guilty of the offense he was charged. He was found guilty by a jury and more suitable pun punishment I think he gets is life sentence without the possibility of parole. For 13 years and i think given our justice system or whatever we want to call it here in canada that seems about as good as it should be
1: i guess i'm baffled that they couldn't get him for first degree him and todd donaldson and be- rebecca
0: yeah because they planned to bring him out there. They brought the pipes or the bars or whatever. He had a knife in his pocket, but it's and disc- like,
1: this was a utility knife. This wasn't a pocket knife. A utility knife is like a box cutter. You don't mm. just carry a box cutter around.
0: Yeah. But in to, to play devil's advocate, if you're going to kill someone, why would you bring a box cutter and not like a big knife to do it? Like you, you could justify having a box cutter in your pocket, but if it, you know, if he had a Rambo knife going out there, it's like, were you hunting that day or did you plan to kill this guy?
1: yeah that's true but yeah box cutters are like sharp as hell
0: yeah but so but if there's a better or a more um believable reason to have one in your pocket like oh my god like i happen to have a box cutter that night that i slit his throat uh having the metal bars their plan was to rough them up so maybe you could say i was going to threaten him with it like i'm just thinking like if you were his defense lawyer or whatever how would you talk how would you explain these things the utility knife or the box cutter or whatever I think you could get out of it uh the bar I think you could probably get out of it I think it would be an uphill battle the first degree murder I think second okay. degree murder would be a slam Just dunk
1: easier yeah I think
0: so but we, he
1: should he should have no chance at parole
0: I agree with that because 25
1: Cause, cause, 25 years serve them yeah, all
0: because this isn't like he beat him up and in the middle of the fight, like uh, he bumped his head and died or something. No, 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 this is broke his neck, slit his throat.
1: And like you said earlier, there came a point during this beating that Logan, like it it wasn't a beating you would ever recover from. You'd never be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's there. The time that they should have started or they should have stopped was right after they roughed him up, which is, you know, one hit with a metal bar is pretty roughed up. But when you're at the point that you see that his eye is dislodged, if you don't stop right then, you are choosing to kill someone. Like that's way too far.
1: And then he was like all psychotic about it, like a clockwork orange singing while he was trying to murder this kid, (laughs) like ugh.
0: You mentioned at the beginning the reason you found out about this story is a listener or a viewer of your TikTok uh, account, a follower of your TikTok account reached out to you about it. Uh, I do know that there was some controversy surrounding Tanisha's prison sentence. Uh, Tanisha is now out of prison and is said to be living on Vancouver Island. But her sentence or her time in prison was very short. And it was very gentle. She spent it in a healing lodge where she, she has a child. She was allowed to have her child with her in this lodge. So she actually spent prison, not in a prison and with her kid, which as you can imagine is something that Logan rings, um, family was not, uh, cool with.
1: And nor should they be, No, no, that's not so brutal. And just adds insult to injury, like, like his mother, like Logan's mother said, what is she going to learn from that?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, In at this point, both Tanisha at the time that we're recording, both Tanisha and Jolene, who is Tanisha's mom would both be out of prison. Um, The others wouldn't be yet, but yeah, it's a, I, I would say justice is not served. You just quote it. Logan's mom, Cindy, uh, by saying, what is Tanisha going to learn from this? Her The full quote is that, and this is a quote she gave to CBC is, what's Tanisha going to learn, ab- learn about this? Hey, we killed this guy and I got two months in a healing lodge. I got to play with horses and my kid lived there with me. That's the full quote. And that, it, that would be hard to swallow knowing what they did to your son.
1: Exactly. And like, and just Mother to mother, like Tanisha's mother, eh, I can't imagine what she thinks of Jolene, or excuse me, Logan's mother. I can't imagine what she thinks of Jolene. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you ever help your child kill someone?
0: Yeah, your parents are supposed to, like, when this kind of thing is happening, the parents are the level-headed ones that are like, whoa, 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 we're going to call the tenancy board, not lure him in the woods with pipes
1: exactly yeah it's just and I guess that just goes to show you are a product of your environment Mm. so it sounds like Tanisha didn't have a chance yeah and that's who brought her up
0: and then if you hear and then on the other side of it um, Logan has said of course struggled with substance abuse and addiction throughout his life but is said to have had a huge caring heart a quote his mom gave which you know if Tanisha's mom gets involved in it logan's mom gives this statement as well to cbc she says if my son was alive he'd want me to eventually forgive now i can't tell you i i can do that but i hope one day i can follow his heart and be able to do that Mm -hmm. so i think we see who the good guys and who the bad guys in this story are
1: oh absolutely Mm -hmm. and yeah just and it's like this is neither here nor there but i just want to know how todd donaldson got Got in on this because he is mm-hmm. allegedly a friend of Colin Perot's, but he enters into the story through Rebecca, who was no longer friends with Tanisha at this point. Yeah, it's such so, a so, like, why? It's just weird.
0: Yeah, because if, yeah, so Todd is said, Todd Donaldson, this older man, is said, is somehow connected to Tanisha's dad. But when Rebecca, who is in at war with Tanisha, has a problem with her roommate, she ends up calling cow- or contacting this Todd guy. And he, con- like, who are these people? It just seems hate- like five pieces of trash is how I'm going to yeah. put it. Um, I'm and, just, and,
1: the hills and, have eyes. Yeah. Then you <laughs>
0: add meth and pills in this farm with the animals being abused. And it all culminates to beating someone to death and slitting their throat near a lake over nothing like i i don't know what this is over other than kind of like a facebook feud
1: or like threatening to burn someone's house yeah
0: yeah i guess it's
1: which like okay that's a no-no you shouldn't do that but it doesn't water or warrant getting killed
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely like and in
1: such a manner
0: and if i and if you were there when it actually happened, I'm sure sh- like, we don't know the truth. This is what came out in court. I'm sure this isn't the truth. It's worse. I would I'd bet money, but you will never know.
1: No. Well, and it's, it's gotta be the gang mentality. You know, there was five of them. Why didn't. So Tanisha on their way there was like, Oh yeah. Like, don't, uh, don't take it too far. It probably would have been for nothing, but she could have tried to step in and say, you know, that's enough. Or like, what are you doing Mm. taking it a little far but
0: yeah i think something like this happens when yeah the gang mentality and no one is going to be the leader to to stop this and they're just doing it there's i'm sure there's alcohol and drugs fueling a lot of it and then on top of that there's probably just again the social problems that Tear away at someone's like psyche. Like I think these were probably damaged people that were that are capable of this. So you, uh, an average person is not capable of doing something like this, especially for no reason at all.
1: Right? Yeah. It's just it's it's unfathomable. Mm. Like I can I can understand wanting to fight someone out of anger, but this is this is another yeah, this level. Is,
0: this is different. This reminds me of another story that we covered. In Saskatchewan the name is escaping me right now it or maybe Serena McKay yes Serena or was that Saskatchewan
1: where did that happen that was uh, Manitoba
0: okay in Manitoba because neighbor we together we did an episode about Serena McKay who got in an argument like at a party and just got beaten to death pointlessly that was a bit of a different situation than this but it, it just this idea that a group of people can do something so horrible and horrific and pointless and and risky for them as well because you know they're risking prison as well Uh, but that someone can do that and not have someone step in and be like whoa what is happening here
1: exactly yeah and then to go as far as to try and cover it up after and then to brag after there was there was also bragging in Serena McKay's case too it's just
0: It's Uh, bizarre.
1: And it's, do they, do these people not fully comprehend their actions? Or do they know our justice system is just lackluster? And if they serve jail time, it won't be long? Like, I just, I don't know, man. I was thinking even the two, um, Todd and Rebecca that were sentenced to eight years, they'll probably be out soon. They'll get time served. They'll mm-hmm. only serve one third or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I feel for uh I don't know, I feel for society, I feel for Logan Ring's parents. Most of all, I feel for his son, who at someday is going to have to learn why his dad's not in his life. And yeah.
1: And all this information's public, so he could go ahead and Google his dad's name and find out what happened if no Which- one tells him.
0: Well, it's not Ken. He will. There will be a day he'll do it, and it's and it's probably going to be too soon. Yeah, absolutely. I have a a ten-year-old son, and if he would have done it two years ago or three years ago, I'm sure of it. And uh, well, they can
1: read by the time they're yeah eight, nine, or whatever it is. Uh, So
0: it's it's awful, and yeah, it's and
1: just so unnecessary.
0: Exactly. So
1: pointless.
0: Absolutely pointless um yeah well this one i think uh we plan on our canadian gothic series to find like dark moments in canadian history and discuss them this is certainly one it's a. Uh,
1: this was a heavy one mm-hmm. we we've been keeping it kind of light dare i say the last few weeks just yeah. you know, our creep episodes are kind of light and our our con- uh Convict dating profiles was like they're awful people, yeah. but that was a lighter episode. Yeah. This one? Eh.
0: No. We're going back to no. creeps next week, okay?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm down.
0: <laughs> uh well, let's start wrapping this up. But before we do, you've already told me one documentary in this episode called Into the Abyss. Uh, recommend something else. What else is on your plate?
1: Uh, well, what's on my plate to watch? Oh and my I god, thought it already is it I thought uh, it already came out oh
0: is it because I have something on my plate and I'm wondering if we're gonna say the same thing
1: oh we definitely I don't think we are <laughs>
0: what street what streaming service is it on
1: uh I think it'll be on Disney plus okay it we're is... talking about
0: different ones so what is it okay
1: <laughs> well I'm a big American horror story fan okay and the newest season of American horror story is coming out I believe sometime in September I thought okay. it was already out August 3rd but Kim Kardashian's in it
0: Ooh, cool.
1: So I'm extra excited. <laughs> uh,
0: well it would be starting soon cuz they always do they always put the finale right around Halloween so they'd have to start it soon.
1: Oh okay. Yeah I th- for some reason I thought it was August 3rd it came out and I was just kind of dawdling on watching it. Okay. But then I just saw August maybe 20th. You know I Or love- excuse me September.
0: I love the first season of American Horror Story. I never got, I tried some of the later seasons. It just didn't do it for me. They even had like a oh, UFO yeah. theme season and it just didn't grab me. But
1: seasons one to four are just like chef's kiss. They're fantastic.
0: Well, I got a notification on my phone today. Uh, the Netflix app will often like tell me when something is new. Like, you know, Jordan, you may be interested in this. Like, do you, does, does that happen on your phone?
1: I don't have the Netflix app on my phone. Okay,
0: If you do, so. it will tell you when it releases something new. And I just got the notification today that a, a new series is coming out or, or was just put out on Netflix. That's the story of the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard court case. And Interesting. Geez, I love a train wreck. So that's probably my next watch.
1: And so is it like a documentary style or like a. It better like be. Because I hate okay. actors
0: versions, the dramatization. If it If yeah. it is that, I won't be watching it but I hope it's documentary style.
1: A documentary would be good.
0: The whole trial was filmed. It uh, would be crazy that someone didn't, it hasn't already put together a documentary based on it. I'll be watching that. And then of course, we're getting into the Halloween season starting to. So I'm going to start doing a whole bunch of horror movies. I was even thinking of doing like, maybe like horror movie watch alongs on YouTube or something. Do you like horror?
1: Oh yeah, I do. But my husband doesn't. So I very rarely watch any horror movies oh, but okay. oh yeah i like grew up on horror movies okay. not like the old slashers okay that's um, my kind well i know and i this just dawned on me um you would really like probably the season i think it's season nine of american horror story it's 1984 and it's Ooh. like a slasher kind Ooh. of theme and i really enjoyed that one
0: i'll watch i didn't know they did that that uh that's yeah. my style
1: yeah you would All like
0: right. it well keep us up to date with how the newest season of American Horse Story is and I will let you know if the Depp versus Herd is a reenactment dramatization or an actual like kind of documentary.
1: Okay, that's the deal. Same and, same time, same place. <laughs>
0: well, yes, except less grim. Next week will be creeps. So if anyone listening has any experiences with creeps, um either present day or in the past, you have a weird neighbor, a landlord who watches you for whatever reason, a next door neighbor who call who calls a fire department on you every time you have a fire in your backyard. We want to hear about that stuff. And the best way to tell us is go to nighttimepodcast.com, click on contact and let us know. And the other thing you should do is check out Madeline Klein's YouTube channel. She just did an episode about uh, a collection of Inmate dating profiles, which is a good um, sister episode with what we did last week. So check that out on our YouTube channel.
1: There's a few. I think I only cover one or two inmates that we discussed on the on our last episode. So there's a couple new ones.
0: I want to thank you for joining Madeline and I for this episode of Nighttime. I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but before we part, let me end with some thanks. First a big thanks to Monty Data who contributes the music for this series, and LJ from the Dystopian Simulation Podcast who provides the intro and outro voiceovers. But lastly, and most importantly, I have a massive thanks to each and every one of you who listened to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed, Jason, Christina, and Stacy, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else would like to support the show, you can help in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and funds the creation of the show. But more than that, it'll give you the episodes two days early, it'll give them to you ad-free, and it will give you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. And if for whatever reason you can't go premium, you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas or wants to give feedback on the show, you can reach me anytime at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I hope to hear from you. But until then, I hope you all take care of each other. I want to remind you to hug your loved ones tight. And please let me know if you see anything weird.
1: The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.